Welcome to Valley 101, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com where we answer the questions you ask about Metro Phoenix. I'm your host, Kayla White. When you live in the Valley, you're bound to at some point have a conversation about our Valley's grid system of roads. For producer Taylor Seeley, that conversation happened when she was studying for her driver's permit. Yeah, I can remember my dad wouldn't even let me step foot inside the MVD until I had memorized the name streets from Pinnacle Peak through Van Buren. But I have to say it did make navigating really easy. Well, that's what people say about Phoenix, right? That our grid system's so convenient and easy to use. I say it all the time. Yes, exactly. But then we got a question that sort of obliterated that notion of a pristine addressing system. Uh, My name is Scott Wilkin. I live in Midtown Phoenix. So essentially my questions, why is our grid system and addressing so logical for Central Avenue and all the north-south numbered streets and so inconsistent and illogical for the east-west streets? How to get this way? And basically, what is the history of our grid system? If you're not quite sure what Scott's talking about, don't worry, we'll clear it up. Producer Taylor Seeley on the history of our grid system and how Valley addressing is organized. When I first got Scott Wilkins' question, I didn't even understand most of it. That's because, truth be told, I didn't even understand entirely how our grid system works. So I'm going to start there. Visualize a square grid. There are vertical lines running north and south. We'll call those the north-south streets. And then there are horizontal lines running east and west that intersect with the vertical lines. We'll call those the east-west streets. In Phoenix, the north-south streets are named by number. For example, 1st Street, 2nd Street, 3rd Street, etc. The east-west streets are named by names. (laughs) Oftentimes, they are historical names or president's names like Jefferson, Van Buren, or Washington in downtown. You get it. Now, the addressing is based off of the center of the grid which is called the zero-zero point. The center of the north-south numbered streets is central. It's where the light rail is. The center of the east-west named streets is Washington. So our zero-zero point, again, that's the center starting point of addressing in Phoenix, is central and Washington. Now, to navigate through the grid, you use an address. The general formula is a few digits, which indicate blocks, followed by a direction like northeast, south, or west, and then finally, the name of the street. For example, the Arizona Republic's address is 200 East Van Buren Street. So that means the Arizona Republic is two blocks east of Central on Van Buren Street. Now, Van Buren Street is an east-west street. 
That's how we know the first three digits in that address correspond to the distance away from central. If we were talking about a location on a numbered street, the few digits would correspond to the distance away from Washington. For example, 2400 North 7th Avenue is 24 blocks north of Washington Street on 7th Avenue. A block is an addressing point, not a distance. So there are potentially 2,400 addresses in 24 blocks. So that's how addressing works in a grid system. It's not too complicated if you understand where the zero zero points are. But how are the zero zero points determined? And why is it in downtown Phoenix? I've always wondered about the addressing zero points, where the addresses start, where they start going north, south, east, or west. The answer goes back to around 1880, when Arizona was a territory. In that time, land was divvied up by townships, and in the townships, there were town sites. When the uh, state, or the Arizona Territory was first established, it was surveyed and divided into townships. Town, each township was 36 miles square, and inside each township was divided into uh, 36 sections, each one mile square. So that's something to keep in mind. That's Derek Horn, a local historian. Now, Phoenix was founded in 1868 as, as a town site, generally between 7th Street and 7th Avenue on the east and west, and Harrison on the south and Van Buren on the north. So there's a big box made up of 36 smaller boxes. The big box is the township, and the little boxes are the town sites. Phoenix was founded on the town site between 7th Avenue and 7th Street on the east and west ends, and between Harrison Street and Van Buren Street on the north and south ends. These town sites are also referred to sometimes as plats, and this plat was founded by a man named William Hancock. The first plat uh, that established uh, the street system in the town site uh, was recorded in 1880 by a man uh, named William Hancock. He was one of the early settlers. And it established the street system layout that we have today. It established the east-west street uh, through what we now know as downtown Phoenix. Uh, they're named after the president. Uh, and then established the north-south street so William Hancock is responsible for the grid system that we have today in Phoenix. His plat, which was one square mile, had 15 north-south streets. That meant there was a perfect middle street, which he called center. Today, that's central. That left seven streets on either side. Hancock had eight east-west streets in his plat. So technically, the center point would have been between the two innermost streets that were called Washington and Jefferson. Today, those streets still exist as Washington and Jefferson. But here's the thing. William Hancock, he's the gentleman I mentioned before who uh, recorded the plat. He was not only a surveyor, he was also uh, a merchant. 
he established a general store about 1870, about First Street and Washington. So essentially, Hancock just chose Washington to be the central point between the north and south boundaries of his plat. And while we can't say this with 100% certainty, it seems likely, at least, that he did so because Washington was where his general store was located. So there you have it. That's the story of how Central and Washington became the zero-zero of our grid. To the best of our knowledge, it all goes back to Phoenix starting out as one square mile and one guy's decision to say, Washington shall be the center. Of course, if you're curious, Phoenix wasn't the first grid system. Hancock may be cool and all, but he didn't invent the wheel here. Some of the earliest grid systems in this country, uh, for example, could be Washington, D.C., that was laid out uh, in the 17, late 1700s, early 1800s. Interestingly enough, they had both a grid system and a diagonal system as well. A New York uh, City was also laid out with a grid system in the early 19th century, even though uh, New York City was located just on the southern tip of Manhattan. The entire eye of Manhattan was laid out by the grid system that defines New York City today. And a lot of other cities, uh, as they develop, had grid systems as well. So um, it just really is a, a logical way of organizing a city, especially uh, at the cores. On top of that, Arizona is really flat. So that aspect made a grid system even more appealing. Now, Phoenix is interesting because our flat topography and lack of uh, topographic and geographic barriers in the central area really lends itself to the grid system not only being in the central core, uh, but also expanding outward uh, into the north and south areas of the city and into the east and west uh, parts of the valley. Now, after Hancock established his town site, Phoenix continued to grow. Today, we are the fifth most populous city in the country. That means there was more development, more businesses, and more residences. Yet, even throughout all that change, Hancock's town site and his zero-zero points reigned supreme for addressing, which, if you're a stickler for numbers and consistency, is problematic today. Here's why. Remember when I explained the formula for an address and how the digits at the beginning of the address refer to the block? I also explained that blocks are not a set distance. So 24 blocks in Phoenix might not be the same as 24 blocks in New York City, for example. But one would think whether you go 24 blocks east of Central or 24 blocks north of Washington, that the distance would be the same, right? I mean, it's all Phoenix. Blocks should be consistent on both axes of the grid, right? <laughs> well, you'd be wrong. And that's part of what drives Scott crazy. There is no formula for calculating how many blocks north or south from Washington you are. But between the east-west streets, there's different numbers of addresses. So between McDowell and Thomas, 
there's 1,300 between Thomas and Indian School. There's 1,200 between Indian School and Camelback. There's only 900. And so there's just no consistency. So basically, there's a formula for blocks when you're headed east or west. Once you pass 7th Avenue going west or 7th Street going east, every eight blocks equals one mile. You can say with certainty when traveling east or west in Phoenix that one block is one-eighth of a mile. Again, so long as you're past 7th Avenue on the west and 7th Street on the east. Central in the middle, 7th Avenue, 7th Street, a half mile away, and then a mile from each of those um, is uh, 19th Avenue and 16th Street. And then after that, it's eight blocks per mile. So you have the 27th Avenue, 35th Avenue, 24th Street, 32nd Street, etc. Um, and it makes finding the addresses going that direction pretty easy. But when you go north or south on Central or a numbered street and look at the major east-west streets like McDowell, Thomas, Indian School, etc., there is no numeric consistency in number of blocks per each major street. And Derek Horn confirmed that. Unfortunately, uh, the north-south numbering system does get a little bit inconsistent. For example, if you are on Central and you go north from the zero-zero point, the first major street you encounter is Van Buren. Van Buren is three blocks north of Washington. The next major street is McDowell, which is 16 blocks north of Washington. That's a jump of 13 blocks. After that, you have Thomas, which is 29 blocks north of Washington. Okay, that's another jump of 13 blocks. But then you have Indian School, and that's 41 blocks north of Washington, which is a jump of 12 blocks. So, as you can see from Washington, the major streets are located at the 3rd block, 16th block, 29th block, 41st block. There's no consistency. From Central going east, the major streets are 7th Street, 16th Street, 24th Street, 32nd Street. If you do the math, those aren't a uniform number of blocks between the major streets on the map. But at the very least, you know 8 blocks is 1 mile. No such calculation exists for the blocks north and south of Washington. When I asked Derek Horn about this, he was able to ease my mind a bit, saying consistency starts to begin around Indian School Road. It starts to tighten up as you go further north on Central Avenue. For example, between Thomas Indian School, 2,900 to 4,100, then 4,100 to 5,000 from Indian School to Camelback, and then it's even 1,000s, uh, you know, quite a few miles to the north. He also said, while there may not be equal number of blocks in those first major streets north of Washington, there is an equal distance. So, you know, you Thomas Indian School, Camelback, Bethany, Glendale, on up all the major streets, uh, even going north and the ones going south, they all generally follow the one mile separation as well. So that's the story of how my pristine picture of Phoenix's grid system was shattered. 
Thank you, Scott Wilkin. I'm totally kidding. I actually have to thank you because this question was wonky as all get out. I learned more than I ever thought possible about addressing, and I hope all of you listening did too. Hey, it's me, Kayla again. Taylor, I don't even know what to say to that. I think that was quite possibly the nerdiest, wonkiest episode we've ever done on Valley 101. Yup, I know. (laughs) To think that I didn't even fully understand what a block was before this is mind-blowing. Honestly, I didn't either. When people ask me how far something is, I just say take an Uber. It's too far. But hey, at least we learned. Listeners, I hope you learned a lot too. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review the podcast on your app. It really helps our show. And don't forget to send your questions to us at valley101.azcentral.com. All right, see you next week.